Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. I um, want to open with a story. Um, this is years ago. I'm pastoring Believer's. And I had a decent prayer life, but I made a New Year's resolution that I'm going to take my prayer life up to the next level. And I did great in January. And that, that was before we had our 21-day church fast. So there was no fast going on in the church, no prayer on Wednesday nights. Right, you can come Wednesday for prayer. And even if you're not uh, one given to prayer, you're not uh, what you would consider an expert at it. We'll be here Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, 7 to 8. You don't have to know anything about prayer. And if you want to hop into our 21-day prayer and fasting, you can do that. But we didn't have that going on back then. So I, I did really well, but I fizzled out by February, just fizzled out. So the, the next year I thought, I'm, I'm going to make another New Year's resolution. I'm going to pray more. And I did pretty good in January, and then I fizzled out. I did that about two or three more years after that. Then you come to a time where you just give up, isn't it? Oh, the heck with this. Uh, it doesn't work. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. And I just gave up. And on top of that, um, I was dealing with a lot of shame over that issue. I just felt like, will I ever be able to pray? And my shame wasn't God-based. And I, I hope you have no shame that's God-based because if you accept Christ as your Savior, God loves you whether you pray a lot or you don't. The Bible declares we're holy, blameless, and without fault in His sight. He loves us because we believed in Jesus. I didn't have that kind of shame. I just had shame like, what's wrong with you, Joe? You, you, you can't even pray more? What's wrong with you? And I was dealing with that type of shame. And I began to just ask God, help me. Help me with my prayer life. Help me attain this New Year's resolution. And we're going to be talking about that today because... We're beginning a new series today. Here's the title of our series, Pound Sign Goals. So for, for all of you my age, that hashtag's a pound sign, right? And I remember when uh, social media came out, and I remember when Twitter came out, and my kids were telling me about Twitter. They go, Dad, that's hashtag. And I go, no, that's a pound sign. No, that's a hashtag. And I go, well, get your phone. And I, I said, make a call, and they're going to tell you, put these numbers in and then hit the pound sign. And I said, that's a pound sign. If you're writing 10 and you don't want to spell out pound, you put, you put the pound sign. They said, Dad, that's true, that's true, but now it's also called a hashtag. Now I understand that. Just want you to know that. But, you know, on social media, on social media, goals are an absolutely huge things. You have hashtag life goals, you know, and hashtag fitness goals that are out there, hashtag relationship goals. And uh, for you younger people, you're going to have to help those of us that are older, but there's also hashtag bay goals or boo goals, right? And uh, uh, you have to tell, tell if, you, if you don't know what it is, ask a younger person, they'll tell you what it is. And here's what we want to do in this series. We want to go from setting goals to getting goals. That's what we want to do. We want to go from setting them to getting them. And that's a huge difference because setting a goal is a New Year's resolution, right? Getting it is something totally different. And I want you to know up front, it's not mystical. It's not random. Uh, if you attain a goal, you worked principles. We're going to talk about those principles today. Some of you do it instinctively. And most of us, that's a minority, most of us 
We have to be taught what these uh, principles are, and we need to begin to work them into our lives. So uh, today, uh, in this lesson, we'll be talking about some incredible principles. We'll help you out. But I thought I would give you a couple examples, and I'm going to allow you to shout out in church just for the next couple minutes, all right? If you know the answer to what is going to come up on the screen, I want you to shout the answer out. Now, I want to say... Last night, they shouted it out immediately. First service was a little slow, but it was early in the morning. I want to see how good you guys can do. And uh, when I found these on, 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 on the Internet, um, I only knew one, one out of three of them. So I'm going to share three. So see how many you know. She was dismissed from drama school with a note that read, you're wasting your time with her because she's too shy to put her best foot forward. Any guesses on who that is? Nobody, huh? You, you almost have to be right around my age, decade lower or higher. Lucy, you guys remember the Lucy show, man? Yeah, can, now think about it. I think, this is my opinion, with Carol Burnett right there with her, two of the funniest females, in, and I don't think she's on Nick at Night, so younger people, you wouldn't have a chance to know who she is. But one of the funniest people ever, one of the most famous people ever, incredible comic ability on, on, on the screen. And guess what? They told her, you're not good enough. She worked goals. She worked principles. She didn't just randomly come to that place. This one I think you guys are going to know. They were turned down by a recording company that said, we don't like their sound. Can you imagine how depressing that was? And plus guitar music is on the way out. It's now going to piano. Anybody know who that is? That's the Beatles, man. Yeah. And they, they, they have sold more albums, 600 million worldwide, and then, of course, now you have all their songs selling uh, the way they sell single songs now. Biggest group in history ever. And they walked into a studio, one of the top studios of their day. They said, your sound stinks. And guitars are going out. These guys kept with it, and guess what? They worked the principles we're going to talk about today. They may not have named them the same, but they worked them. Here's one more. Um, his fiance died, he failed in business twice, he had a nervous breakdown, and he was defeated in eight elections. Any guesses? Abraham Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln guys. Arguably, in my opinion, if you were to ask me who are the top three presidents in American history, I, I'd always put Abraham Lincoln up there in the top. And I mean, the Civil War freed, freed people from slavery. He was an incredible prince, uh, pr uh, president. But think about this, think about it. Failed in business twice lost eight elections, but he ended up becoming the 16th president of the United States. For these people, it's not mystical, it's not random. They kept working principles. And if you're here today, there's some New Year's resolutions or goals that you have set, and you continue to fail with those goals, those New Year's resolutions. I'm so excited that you're with us today. So I titled this lesson, lesson Hashtag Goal Secrets. And I want to talk to you about six principles that will help you and I obtain any goal we want to attain. Now, I want to say this up front, and this is really, really, really important. Anything you and I do, it has to be by the grace of God. And here's what I mean. If you just write these six things down and you just try to do them with your own strength, you'll probably fail. You have to have God help you, and you have to cry out for His help. And I'll, I'll bring that out in one of the principles as we, as we talk. But I think this is important to say up front. Do you know there's nothing we do without God's help? The Bible teaches us that God even places desires in us to live for Him. Isn't that amazing? And so if you're a member here at Believer's Church, 
I'm praying for you. Others are praying for you. We're praying our hearts out that God would place desires in your heart to where you want to live the life that He created you to live. And it's all by the grace of God. So don't make this works. But you also still have to understand the principles. And you have to work the principles. So every time I teach, I try to think, what is it I want them to walk out knowing better than they've ever known? And here's what it is today. Change what you're doing and you'll change where you're going. And, and when it comes to reaching a goal, you're going to probably have to change what you're doing. And you'll see that as we go through principles. And where you're going is the goal, but in order to get there, you're going to have to change your daily routines and so on and so forth. And I'm going to help you do that today. Then in weeks to come, we're going to talk about other, other types of goals, and I'm going to help you create your goals and then attain your goals, and we'll, we'll have a blast. So here's the first principle. You ready? You have to name your goals. Principle number one, you have to name your goals. Now, in the last couple of years in our country, we've had a debate, and the, the debate has been, uh, should we call extreme Islamic terrorism extreme Islamic terrorism? Should we give it that name? So we have a side of politics that says no. We have another side that says you have to name it. And if you don't name it, you can't beat it. Well, I'm not going to be political, so I'm not even telling you which side I'm in agreement with. But let me say this to you. You'll never attain a goal unless you name the goal. You have to name it to attain it. And I'm not talking about the steps you take to get there. That's, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the ending. I'm talking about where you want to end up. I'm talking about the end result. You have to name it. And if you don't name it, you'll never have anything to aim at. So you have to give it a name. So uh, later on in, in another lesson, uh, I'm going to talk about my number one spiritual goal. Here it is. Hashtag know God better. And your name has to be inspirational. It has to be something that inspires you. That inspires me. That may not inspire you. So you might have to think of something creative for a name. You know, hashtag God's going to be my best friend or whatever, you know, whatever that is. But you have to give it a name. Now, here's what happens when I hear hashtag know God better. I think of my best friend, which is my wife. I have other great best friends. She is my closest friend. And uh, I know everything about her. I know what she thinks, how she feels. She knows the same about me. But here's what's cool. The Bible declares that you and I can actually know God as well as we know our best friend. Think about that. God's invisible. We can't see Him. He exists. He's not here. He's somewhere else. But we can know Him as well as we know our best friend. So that's motivating me now. That's something. I want to know God better than I know anybody. I want God to be my best friend. So that gives me something to aim for. That keeps me excited. It has to be exciting or you'll never do it. And we'll work that name through the whole thing. Here's something I, I named last year, near the end of the year. I've already reached this goal, but I'm going to work this goal through the whole message. Here, here, here it is. Hashtag organized downstairs book closet. And uh, I, I had to give it a name. That's the name I gave it. It inspired me. But we have this closet in our basement, guys. Uh, part of our basement's fixed and then part isn't fixed. And we have this one room that uh, isn't fixed, cement floors, you know, the wood beams on the ceiling. And it has bookshelves from floor to ceiling. And it, it's by four foot by 15 foot. It's just bookshelves on every wall. And it was an absolute mess. It's been a mess for about three, four years. And think about it. Gene and I graduated from Bible school. All of our books are in there. Every book we've read over the last 33 years of our marriage, those books, after we read them, we put them in there. 
four kids, high school books, junior high books, college books, they're all in there. On top of that, man, we have everything else, tons of other things in there. We had, we, we had VHS tapes, you know, videotapes. We, we had cassette tapes. We had DVDs. Uh, we had game systems that were old game systems with tons of games. But everything's it's everywhere. And we had all kinds of other things in there. And I'd walk in there and I'd look at that and I'd think, I need to clean this. But I, I'm just thinking, this baby's going to take two eight-hour days minimum to fix up. So aren't you guys all glad for doors? I would just close the door and I could walk by it and never see it. I'm telling you, that happened for a long time. But I want to show you what I did. I worked these principles and it, it, it was really, really awesome. Here, here's the next thing you have to do. You have to break down your goals. And that's just your action steps. So understand the name is where I want to end up. Breakdown is what do I have to do every day to attain this. And I love this scripture, Proverbs 17, 24. An intelligent person aims at wise actions, but a fool starts off in many directions. And you know what? God's not calling me a fool, but man, I've, I've had my life go in many directions for years at different times. He's not calling you a fool. But what he's saying is this. If you're a wise person, this translation says intelligent, you, you, you aim at wise actions, which means you break things down and you say, this is what I'm going to do in order to accomplish that particular goal. And I like to say it this way. Goals aren't reached by doing a lot in one day, but by doing a little every day. And some goals you only need to do it once a day or once a week, um, three times a week. Some are every day. But it's just simply understanding this is something I'm going to break down into steps. And I'm going to take this step, then that step, then this step, and I'm going to do these steps to reach my goal. So I named it, then I break it down. And if you break it down, it's absolutely amazing. So let me talk about my closet, okay? Hashtag organized downstairs book closet. Um, I walked in there, and I, I just asked myself, what are the breakdown steps? So here's what I came up with. Thousands of books, guys, thousands. So I came up with this. I thought, we have these big bushel baskets, laundry baskets. I'm going to bring those down, and I'm going to go through every book on the shelves. The ones I don't want to keep, I'm going to place in the, a basket. The other ones I'll set aside, and I'm just going to carry them out to the garage and take them where they need to be taken. And I'm going to do that with every item in there. Then after I do that, I'm going to come back in. Now everything in there is what I want to keep, and I'm going to categorize the books and all these categories. So when I go in, I have this category and that category, and everything else in there is categorized. I, I broke it down. So you have to ask yourself with your goals, hey, if I want to attain this goals, what are the steps I have to take in order to get there? So you name it, you break it down. Now I think this next one probably is the most important uh, step. You have to prioritize your goals. And I'm not talking about if you have four goals, you ask yourself, what's number one, what's number two? No, no. Prioritizing your goals mean that, means this. However you do it, you have to put it on your calendar. It has to be put in a time slot on your calendar. So whatever your breakout steps, your breakdown, you have to put it on a calendar. Now my wife is teased for this very thing because uh, her future son-in-law, Steve, who's engaged my daughter, Michelle, and then my daughter, Deanna, her boyfriend, Corey, uh, they tease my wife like crazy because once they came into our circle, here at Believers, we have a Microsoft Outlook. That's all of our email system. And then we have the calendar. 
And on the calendar, uh, you can send invites to people, and then they accept, and then it's on your calendar and their calendar. And my wife sends out invites for everything. So these guys are getting these invites for all these different things, and so they're teasing my wife. But we found out if you put it on a calendar, it works. So Gina and I, this, this year, in 2016, we, we sat down and we just said, you know what? We're not spending quality time with each other anymore. We, we need to up that up. We'd have our dates, but during the week, we're both type A people. So at night, we come home from work, and she likes to sit on our bed with her computer, and she fit, keeps working. I go into my home office, and I work. And then, and then it, before you know it, it's time to go to bed. We go to bed, and we're not just sitting down and having quality time. So we said, you know what? We need to have some quality time together. And so guess what? The next day, I receive an invite from Gina. Tuesday, 6 to 8, Joe and Gina, quality time. Thursday, 6 from 8, Joe and Gina, quality time. And guess what? That helps. When I wake up on a Tuesday and I see that, I, I, th I think tonight, this is what I'm going to do tonight. And every now and then you have a Thursday or Tuesday night once a month or so where you have to do something else. But if you don't put it on the calendar, it doesn't happen. I like Proverbs 90, 12. It says, teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. Help us to spend them as we should. You know what? This is a prayer. And if you don't have something to write down, Everything on PowerPoint will be on our website. If you go to our BC app for this lesson, everything on PowerPoint, you can click the notes and all that will come up. Pray this prayer and just ask God. Say, hey, I need your help to help me prioritize my day. Now, there's a, there's a story I love that's told. It's an illustration. It's about big rocks, little rocks, sand, water, getting them all into a jar. And I found a guy that did it on the Internet it's under two minutes, but he used big balls instead of rocks. And he did such a good job. I want to have you watch it to help illustrate the point of prioritizing your goals. Check this out. This is your life. Looks pretty full, doesn't it? That's because it is. It's full of all the things you'd be incomplete without. Love, family, food, water, health, your parents, your passions. With all of these things, you could have nothing else and still lead a full life. But even with all of this, you'll still have some space to fit more things. Smaller things. This is your job, your car, your house, money. Things that are still important, but if you took them all away, your life would still be full. If you're watching this video, that means you're lucky enough to have at least some of these things. But if you're really lucky, and many of us are, you'll still have some space left over. These are the really small things. Watching a movie, playing a video game, sports, ice cream. Things that make your life that little bit nicer, but things that are really just trivial in the end. If you wanted, you could try to put these things first. Wasting your time in front of the television, or the computer, playing games, or whatever it might be. You could follow it up with the material things, money, cars, houses, clothes, but then when it comes time to try to fit in all the important things, you run out of space, some things will have to be left out, and nobody wants that. So keep that in mind as you go through life. Put the really important things first, and then find space for the rest. If you run out, it really won't matter anyways, it's just the small stuff. That illustration to me is so perfect because I think of my own life and I think of all the fun, trivial things 
And if I don't prioritize the big things, I'll consume all my life with them. I mean, uh, whether it's watching a movie or something on TV or social media, whatever your social media is that you hang out on, can we all agree we can take every hour of our day up if we don't say, you know what? These are the big things. These are the goals. And I'm going to write them on my calendar and I'm going to do them. So I did that, I did that with my um, hashtag clean the downstairs book closet, right? And uh, here's what I did. I typically wake up at 5 a.m., usually my first meeting's at 9. So from 5, you know, up till 9, I do my spiritual routine. I do some physical exercise. And I thought, you know what? Um, I'm going to put cleaning that closet, I'm going to put it into my morning time slot. And I thought, I'll take a half hour every morning. And uh, so I prioritized it. I put it on my calendar and I did a half hour every morning and I'd go in there for a half hour. Typically, I could fill two bushel uh, laundry bushels up and I'd take them out and and then I'd come back the next day. And next day I took 30, by the way, 30 laundry baskets of books out upstairs and then all kinds of other things on top of that. It took me almost four weeks to clean that closet. And yet when it was done, it was like, whoa. And I did it all behind Gina's back. I'm really sneaky. So I, I snuck it all behind her back because and, and, I was afraid she might tell me to save some books. I didn't want to save too many. And, and uh, so I did it all behind her back, right? And uh, I brought her down one day. I said, I have to show you something I did. And I walk her in there. And man, did I get a lot of kisses that morning. It was absolutely amazing. She was so happy. But how did I do it? I just prioritized it. Did you notice just a little half hour a day. And guess what? I had that name on it. I kept the name before me. And that's our next principle. I like this principle. You have to future your goals. And to future your goals simply means this. You focus on the finished product. That's why naming it's so important. It has to excite you. It has to motivate you. You have to name that goal. And then you have to keep your mind on it. Can we all agree? Once you set up those break, breakdown steps, you know, and you, you begin to say, this is what I'm going to do every day. Can we all agree it can become... Uh, monotonous at times. You can lose passion. If you're just focusing on, hey, I want to know God better, but here's what you're focusing on. I have to read my Bible today. I have to pray today. You know, I have to work out today, whatever it is. And one of the tricks of the trade is you keep that futuring in front of you. As a matter of fact, I have things on my computer that every time I open it, I see them. I have, I have things that I put um, up in front of me. As a matter of fact, I, I, I created a, a, a physical goal this year. And my physical goal is hashtag best shape ever. And so I have pictures of when I was in shape and they just sit right in front of my home computer. And every time I'm there, I'm like, ah, oh, get out of here. And uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> seeing myself in shape, you know. And, and uh, all I think about is best shape ever. Well, I have, I have routines and I'll talk to you about those in a moment that I put together. But but man, they can become monotonous. It's like, oh, do I want to get up? Do I want to do this? You, you have to future it. Jesus, Jesus taught us this. Listen to this. Jesus did this. Hebrews 12, 2. It says, fixing your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him endured the cross. And this last part's so important. Jesus was able to go through the agony of the cross because of the joy set before him. What was the joy set before Jesus? Every one of you in this room. It was us. It was you, man, mankind, humanity. He saw you. He actually saw you. And what was the joy set before him? I'm doing this to redeem mankind, 
to bring them back to my Father. I'm doing this to cleanse them, make them holy, blameless, and without fault in God's eyes. And so Jesus, how, how did he get through Calvary? He had, he had to future that. He had to see the finished product. That's why naming your goal is so important because it has to inspire you. And when you're going through all the monotonous part of doing all the steps, you keep that focused. Now think about Jesus. I want you to think about Calvary for a moment. Um, he was on trial, humiliated in trial. People spit on him, cursed him when he went in, when he went out. Then they put that crown of thorns on him. Then they beat him. And the Bible, not the Bible, historians and experts tell us the way he was beaten, you could see bones looking at his back. It went all the way to the bones. Then they gave him the top part of his cross and he had to carry it to where they nailed him to it. Then he's hanging on there and he's suffocating the way they hung him. And people are below cursing him and calling him names and spitting on him. And I think about, wow, good thing Jesus futured the goal there because at any moment he could have said, I'm sick of you humans and pew, pew. I don't need you. I'll create some new ones. But he didn't do that, man. He didn't do that. And if Jesus could get through Calvary and endure that, because he wasn't a human body. He had human emotions. He, even though he was the Son of God, he had to deal with human emotions and all that. He futured it. And you and I need to future it. Here's the next one, guys. You have to evaluate your goals. And this is really important. This is important at the front end. This is important as you go through it a year down the road, whatever it is. And evaluating just simply means you sit down and you ask yourself, is this working? And if it's not working, uh, you don't want to do it. And it's really important at the beginning because you write things down. You think this is going to help me get to my goal. And then you begin to live in it and it's like, ah, it's not working. Well, that's okay. Evaluate it. Make some, make some shifts. Make some changes. So I did that with my hashtag best shape ever, right? So I, I had my cardio down and I thought I need to do strength training. I haven't done it in a long time, like weightlifting, that type of thing. So I made this routine out and I, I go down to do it the first day. And I had some exercises in there that when I began to do them, I thought, I've hated these exercises my entire life. I still hate them. And I guarantee you, I'm not going to do these exercises more than a month because I hate them. And they were just for certain body parts. So, so I sat down and I evaluated. And I asked myself, how can I work the same muscle and do something fun? Because I'm thinking all those traditional things I did my whole life. So I just found some different exercises that I actually like. And then I go down there and it's fun. Listen, if your steps, your action steps, if they're not fun, you're not going to do it. You have to think of something you can actually enjoy. And here's what I mean. We'll talk about this when we get to lesson three, talk a little bit about spiritual goals. But you know what? If you try to read your Bible the way I do, it may not work for you. It, it may be awful to you. If you try to pray the way I do or someone else does, it may not work for you. So you have to find a way, and there's hundreds of ways to do all these things that you actually enjoy. You have to do it with your personality. So once you set it all up, if it's not working, you sit down, you make your tweaks, you evaluate it. But how about this? You may get a year down the road and it gets you to here. Here's where you started, but your goal's up here and you're here and now it's not working anymore. Well, typically once you get to certain levels, you have to change, you have to tweak. And so you sit down and you evaluate. It's just simply evaluating your goals. Every one of us has to do this. This scripture works for me. It's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and it goes like this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do. And this is the part I'm after. And He will show you with pa which path to take. So when, when you're evaluating, just say, God, this isn't working. Give me some ideas. 
And, and, and if you pray and ask him, God's going to give you the ideas you need. He's going to help you tweak. Now, this last one's really important. You ready for it? You have to fight for your goals. And this is important. This is, this is something I really need. Fighting for your goals is referring to no matter what, you stick with it. Now, I'm not going to ask for hands to be raised, but I bet you there's a lot of people in here that are like me. I am an all-or-nothing person. You know, anybody in here that's all-or-nothing, you know, you know what that means, right? And I'm either going to go all the way or I'm not going to do anything. I don't have, I can't live in gray areas real well. So my wife's the complete opposite. And let's just talk about diet, all right? We just came through the holidays. If Gina has one or two bad eating days, uh, she'll just, all of a sudden one day, she'll just go back to eating good. If I have one bad meal, I might go into a three-month spin of eating bad. <laughs> and here's what I'm thinking in my head. I blew it. What does it matter? So what? And if you're an all-or-nothing person, you know exactly what it is. And then there's Gina, you know, oh, okay, I'll start eating good today. <laughs> and uh, she doesn't even have to try. She just eats good, you know. And here's me, oh, no, this is six months of a downfall. Ooh. <laughs> and I have to get rid of that, and you have to get rid of that all-or-nothing mentality. Guess what? You start your spiritual routine out. You have your steps, you know, and then you miss a day. You miss three days. And, and then you say, if you're an all-or-nothing person, you're going to say, ah, oh, the heck with it. I failed. You have to get rid of that I failed mentality Fighting for it means you say, all right, had a bad week, had a bad day, doesn't matter, I'm going to start it up again next week. And then you future it and you begin to put your mind on that incredible thing and then you're going to be energized to do exactly what you need to do. Here's the other side of fighting for your goals and it has to do with what I call the grace of God. I love it. Remember how I said at the beginning, none of this is done without God's help. That's the grace of God, God helping us. You can't do anything without it. And God can energize you. God can give you an ability to do whatever you can't do. So you have to just pray and say, God, I need your grace. Here's a great scripture, Philippians 4.13. It reads like this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, once you know the background, this is an incredibly powerful scripture. That phrase strengthens me means this. God gives me his grace, his ability in order for me to do what I need to do. So this is real life stuff. This had to do with the goal of Paul the Apostle. You know, God came to Paul, who wrote nearly three-quarters of the New Testament. He said, Paul, here's your assignment. I want you to go into countries where nobody knows who Jesus is. I want you to go into cities in those countries, and I want you to begin to preach in public meetings, and I want you to build churches. Churches where no one ever... We, it's hard to find today. There's still some parts of the world where people have never heard about Jesus, but very difficult to find today. He's going somewhere where no one ever heard about Jesus, but he had a problem. There were these guys called the Judaizers. They were Jewish guys who didn't believe Jesus was the Messiah, and they hated Jesus. They hated the whole gospel, and these Judaizers followed Paul into every town he went into. Can you imagine that? They'd go into the worst bars, they go and find the worst people. They give them silver, and they say, hey, see that guy, Paul? You go in his meetings. You begin to say this, say that. Stir everybody up, and they would get Paul chased out of town. But you know, you know what else happened to Paul? Paul was stoned. These are big stones, and they, they tie him up, and they just throw stones at him until he, till he died. One time he died. They prayed over him, and he came back to life. Bones are crushed. They beat him with rods. They treated him like crazy, terrible. They chased him out of towns. And here's Paul saying, you know what? I can keep doing this 
through the grace of God, the strength of God that, that, that gives me the energy to do it, gives me the want to to do it, gives me the ability to do it. So the reason I share this is if Paul could complete his goal, his assignment with the help of God, how many of us think God has a little bit of help for us, right? God can give you the energy. God can give you the help to do anything. So here's what I'm asking you to do when I talk about fighting for your goals. I'm asking you to cry out to God and just say, hey, I need your grace to help me do this particular thing to win and to reach this goal. So here's what I found. I'm also, by the way, I'm on a second project that's going really well. The holidays slowed it down. I'm now hashtagging, organizing every photo we ever took in the other room in our basement. And, uh, and, and, and I just have the same plan doing the same thing with it. God can help you accomplish any goal you set, spiritual, natural, academic. It doesn't matter what it is. And here's my desire for this series. I want to help you go from setting goals to getting goals I want to help you reach the goals that you have in your heart. So next week, we're going to have a blast. Right now, we need to close our eyes, pray. Let's, let's do that right now. Lord God, I did my best to teach this part of the Bible. And uh, thank you, for, Lord God, for this series called Goals. I thank you for every incredible person in this room. Lord, we're in, in, in our clocks, in, in our calendar, it's a new year. It's a new start. And Lord, may this series change our lives forever. And Lord, I pray for everyone in this room, as they go through this week, drop goals into their heart, spiritual, natural, drop some goals, give them some names, Lord, that will inspire them. And Lord, I thank you as we walk through this series for changing our lives forever. Thank you, Lord. Now let's stay in an attitude of prayer. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Maybe you're here today on this snowy, snowy morning and you're not sure of your eternity. I want to speak to you for a moment. I'm not asking you to join our church or a religion. I'm not asking that. I'm not asking you if you grew up in a Christian church. I'm not asking you if you were water baptized as a baby or an adult. All great things. Here's what I'm asking. Can you remember a day in your life when you made it personal, you made it real with Jesus? Because Jesus said, whoever does that, he said, whoever calls on my name, whoever says I believe in you, and you're the Messiah, I'm going to follow you. He said, he said, I will save them. I will forgive them. I will give them the gift of eternal life. And it's all a matter of us placing faith and trust in Jesus. If you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, I can't remember ever doing that, but man, my heart's touched right now because we're praying, Lord, when someone walks in that hasn't met Jesus, open up their eyes to who he is. And that's our prayer every, every week. If you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, that's me. I'm ready to pray. Would you pray with me right now? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Everyone else in the room, can, can we help them pray? Just say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner. I repent for all my sins. And this day, I give my heart to Jesus. Jesus, I believe in you. And I make a decision today to follow you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.